Have you ever thought about the genius of a wedding photographer running a clothing boutique? Let me explain. As a successful wedding photographer who shoots all over the world, Alice Parkinson needed a wardrobe that was stylish, comfortable, and quality, but quickly tired of paying the inflated, unfair prices of trendy boutiques. So she decided to start her own. She now offers the exact same pieces seen at other clothing boutiques for up to 50, that's five zero percent less. She specializes in cute, comfortable jumpsuits and dresses and also carries tops, pants, and skirts. Access her boutique, Alice Loves Clothes, through her photography website at aliceshootspeople.com slash shop and use the code NEWLYWEDSHOW for an extra 10% off her already fair prices. Once again, that's aliceshootspeople.com slash shop and use the code NEWLYWEDSHOW. You can also join her Facebook group, Alice Loves Clothes, for extra discounts and the opportunity to pre-order and even vote for the clothes she stocks. Hi, this is Grace Jensen. Being a newlywed is such a fun time of life, isn't it? But from personal experience, I also know that it can come with some pretty hard moments. I passionately believe that this time is a huge opportunity to create a solid foundation for the rest of your marriage. So let's have some newlywed real talk from the big stuff to the little stuff. Welcome to the newlywed show. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to be recording my very first episode of the Newlywed Show. I don't know if we'll actually post this one first. I guess I'll decide that later, but I just felt like it needed to be recorded that this is my very first time recording an official episode. And here to help me, I have my sweet husband, Zach. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I, you know, I'm pretty nervous too because it's my first time ever recording something like this as well. So I don't know what I'm doing, but it should be a really fun time. And we're really excited about it. I'm really excited for Grace and all the things that she's been doing to work on this and get it ready. Oh, thanks, so, honey. I'm really excited for her. <laughs> thanks. Um, so we have prepared a topic to talk about today that I feel like is really important. We're going to be talking about in-laws. And I feel like it's important to highlight the reason that we're talking about this, because we both feel like we have fabulous in-laws and we have great relationships with our in-laws. And the overall, we've had just a really, we've been really, really lucky with our in-laws. Right. And to be totally honest, you know, I feel like it's not, it's not, it's not definitely not, you know, necessarily because of so many wonderful things that we've done to yeah, I think I think we just kind of won the in-law lottery in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I I, th- I think, you know, that doesn't mean that there hasn't been some, you know, adjustments that have needed to take place along the way. And so we just wanted to talk about some of the things that we learned in, in the process. Yes, exactly. So hopefully um, people in a variety of situations will find these applicable. We have six points to go over and some of them we personally have had to deal with more than others. And some of them just in talking with friends about their experiences with their in-laws, um, we have learned and feel that they're really important. So let's get started. So the first one that I wrote down, and I think this is probably because it's the biggest thing that I wish that I could have gone back and told myself is that expect that forming the relationship you want to with your in-laws is going to take some time. I had known my in-laws in one form or another since I was in high school and I thought so highly of them and I still do. And, um, and I 
just really had high expectations for myself for how meshed into the family I wanted to be and how comfortable around them I wanted to be and just how great and strong I wanted that in-law relationship to be because so often it gets a bad rap and I did not want that with these people that I knew were so wonderful. Um, And what happened was because I had such high expectations for myself and because I I didn't have this first tip of expecting it to take some time. Um, I would get anxious a lot and I felt like I was extra sensitive at times about things that they would say and wasn't always totally myself around them, which is dumb. (laughs) Um, But I just felt like I was extra sensitive and extra hard on myself and them because I was just impatient and had these really high expectations. Yeah. You know, I feel, I feel like, you know, one of the ways that we saw that sometimes was, you know, whenever we would go home to, to visit family, you know, kind of regardless of which family we were staying with, well, especially when we were staying with my family though, uh, you know, it would just, it would be a stressful experience just because, you know, you kind of had this you know, high expectations. So it, it just took extra energy. It took extra thought. Um, and, and we had to, one of the things that we had to be careful is we just had to be very intentional about our relationship during those times because, you know, we were still, we were, there was just still a lot of adjusting that was happening in terms of, uh, you know, figuring out our relationship and figuring out how our relationship worked, you know, not only just by ourselves when it was the two of us, but, you know, especially when we were with our family, you know, it just, it's, it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's just an adjustment and it takes a lot of time on, you know, no matter no matter what your relationship is with your in-laws. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point that you may have your relationship as a couple kind of on lock when it's just the two of you, but being around one of your families, like when I'm around my family, it brings out different sides of me than just being at home with Zach normally does. And the same with Zach. And I feel like that definitely took some adjusting. (laughs) for sure also maybe we should take a second and explain our family situations to people yeah yeah no absolutely so i mean kind of kind of as a as a start and grace kind of hinted at this a little bit earlier but you know my 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 mom especially was kind of like really well known in our community (laughs) and so and so that's why grace you know she knew my mom especially from from the time uh, you know, that she was in high school, but you know, to give you, yeah, for (laughs) real, uh, but to give you a little bit of a background as well, I am the, I'm the youngest of six in my family with, uh, two girls and four boys and all of us are married now. And, uh, our, our daughter Jackie is, uh, number 10 of 11 grandchildren. (laughs) Yeah. And Zach was the second to last child to get married. Right. So there were already a lot of in-laws by the time that I came into the family. And on the opposite end of that spectrum, I'm the middle of five kids in my family and Zach is the only in-law. Yeah. And <laughs> Jackie is the only grandchild. Yeah. And she's the only right. grandchild. So, all right. That's just a little bit of perspective for you yeah. <laughs> as we're sharing our experiences. So number one thing I wish I wish I could have gone back and told myself is expect it to take some time to build that relationship that you want with your in-laws. The second is assume the best. <laughs> Invariably, you're probably going to get your wires crossed at some point, or as I previously mentioned, you might be a little bit extra sensitive. And to be totally honest, there was a while there when we were first married where somehow whenever we went home, I was on my period. <laughs> and that sure didn't help anything. Beginning strong with the personal information. This is, this is you know, get ready. You know. <laughs> it, it matters. It matters. It's an important factor. You know, it's, it's not something you can just ignore. It's, it was, it's a real thing. <laughs> Amen. Um, but yeah, too. So just assume the best. And even if somebody says something and 
your initial reaction is to be upset or offended in some way, take a beat, assume the best, and just take some time to think about it. Remember, everybody is adjusting. And I think it's easy to feel like you're the new person in the situation. Um, but they're also, your in-laws are also adjusting to you. So, you know, be gracious <laughs> in <Yeah>. that sense. <laughs> Absolutely. I remember there's this, there's this quote that was on my parents' oven for a long time. Um, that was, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to butcher this quote, but it was, it was something to the effect of, uh, it's, it's a fool who takes offense and none, when none is meant. And it's an even greater fool who takes offense when offense was meant. <laughs> and so, you know, I just, I just think, you know, we, we're, we're always best off when, you know, if, if our feelings are hurt, I think it's all, you know, like Grace was saying, I think it's just out, we're just always best off to, you know, take that step back, take an extra minute and you know think okay you know maybe maybe this maybe this wasn't meant in the way that it's feeling like it was meant to me right this second and you know i just feel like there are so many arguments or or hurt feelings uh that can be made um or that can they can be avoided by 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 taking that extra step um i had another thing but i i forgot what it was <laughs> well i have something okay um i also feel like it's been helpful for me at times when maybe i'm feeling a little bit insecure about something that somebody said to say hey zach do you think that this family member meant this when they said that sorry i'm not being very specific yeah. <laughs> but i really don't want to ruffle any feathers um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because i've since realized that you know they meant better than what i initially took it as right right um well oh and i, I remember the other thing that i was going to talk about is 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 that you know I, I think you know it's in in this adjustment phase you know we talked about how it takes time you know they're and they're getting they're they're figuring things out and we're figuring things out um and you know i think there's i think there's a lot of benefit to be potentially gained also when um you know, if, if we, if we take a little bit of that extra time sometimes to, to talk thing, talk about things with, with, with our in-laws, um, and with our spouse, like Grace is saying as well, you know, have those conversations of like, Hey, I felt this way. Um, you know, what, 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 what actually happened? You know, what was in your head here? You know, just, just have those conversations. But I think, it, you know, it's just so important to have them in a manner that's not accusatory. It's not, it's not belittling. It's not, you know, any of those sorts of negative things. It's just, you know, bringing forward feelings and being willing to kind of open up and be vulnerable with them in such a way that they have an opportunity to say, no, that's not what I meant. I'm so sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean for, you know, for that to hurt your feelings or I didn't understand this about your situation that, you know, made that a sensitive topic or something like that. You know, it's, it's just, it's, it's all adjusting and it's all communicating, you know? Yes, absolutely. And so, yeah, I would say first talk to your spouse because I mean, they know their family members better than you do and they can help kind of, I mean, Zach's helped ease my mind at times. Um, and kind of give you some insight. And then if you still felt like a conversation needs to happen, I 100% agree with Zach and, and address the family member. Um, once again, assuming the best, <laughs> right? I feel like everybody responds better when they feel like somebody is assuming the best of them. Yeah, no, absolutely. So point number three, um, preemptively notice, discuss, and compliment family differences. So every family comes with their own culture. No matter how similar your families may look on paper, there are going to be differences. And I felt like one of the things I tried to be really mindful about as Zach and I were first married and dating was, um, was trying to when I, when I started to feel like something was different about his family, I would try to first be, try to put a name to it 
and then talk about it with Zach and view it as a positive thing and find the positive things about it. And I feel like this helped accomplish a couple different things. One, it gave Zach and I language to talk about some of the differences in our families. And two, it gave me an opportunity to um, admire some of the differences before there were ever opportunities for me to be bothered by them. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I think I think one of the one of the biggest temptations is, you know, when 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 you start marriage is that you see you see differences and you know, because we grow up in a certain way and we're kind of even if things aren't explicitly taught a certain way, we're kind of grown up with a culture that things, you know, should be a certain way and that that's the right way and and you know, even though again, even though they're not necessarily explicitly taught that way, it's kind of what we just sort of grow up to it, it just sort of is ingrained in us. And so I think, you know, like Grace is saying, you know, name these things and then recognize them just as different and not necessarily bad, even though it's different from what you're used to, you know, again, taking that extra beat, looking at it from kind of, you know, taking a step back, looking at it from a perspective like, okay, this is different, you know, but what, what are the good aspects of this? You know, how might this maybe even be better than, than, than what I did, you know, as, as we've, as we've looked, you know, at our, the differences in our family, our families, um, you know, it's, we've, 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 we've noticed various things that, you know, that, that we, that we love about Grace's family a little bit more than, than mine. And, and that we love about my family a little bit more than Grace's. And, you know, there's, there's just so many different aspects where they're just, they're just different. And, you know, and we, it's, it's been really interesting to kind of just have that open conversation between us two in terms of, you know, what aspects of those family cultures we want to kind of continue to incorporate in our marriage and in our family as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like being aware of some of those differences, I feel like helps me prepare to better mesh into Zach's family. So we have a couple of examples here. We have two. So, um, and I have to say the semester after we got married, I took a class on basically family cultures. And so it was really interesting to like be learning about all these different family dynamics and be able to come home and say, Zach, your family is this type of a family. My family is this type of a family. Um, but one thing that's very different is in my family, I always knew what the schedule was going to be. We would talk about it the night before, if not longer than that. I knew when everybody needed to be awake, when we needed to be on the road, what we were going to be doing. I I was very clear on all of that. And Zach's family is a little bit more like fly by the seat of your pants and, um, you know, kind of decide in the moment what we feel like doing, which is so fun, but it stressed me out initially. <laughs> and once again, I think coming from a place of insecurity, I didn't ever want to be in a situation where Zach's family wanted to go play and I wasn't ready for whatever reason, whether, you know, I hadn't showered or I needed to sleep or whatever. Right. Um, and on the one hand, I have to say, I feel like your mom has been really great at <laughs> giving me a little bit of a schedule and, and I don't need everything, you know, super scheduled out, but I need to know enough to feel that I can be prepared and show up for, you know, the family activities. One of one other example that I just thought of, of this, that, that I thought was kind of funny and I wanted to share and, you know, so, uh, to kind of emphasize this difference in scheduling and it's cause it's, it's, it's interesting because it's not just Grace's immediate family either. It's, it's kind of the wider Wooly family <laughs> as well. So a couple of years ago, uh, the, the Wooly <laughs> yeah. family had a family reunion and this, you know, it's, I, I even hesitate to call it a reunion. It was, it was more like the Wooly family conference <laughs> and there were, I don't even know how many hundreds of hours of planning and prep meetings. Hundreds of in. hours yeah, though. He's on, not exaggerating. I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> on the scale of hundreds of hours of, of prep that went into this thing and there were classes and activities and, 
you know, it was, there PowerPoints. was a schedule and PowerPoints <laughs> and there were statistics that came out afterwards about the, about the attendance and what we did and all of these things. Um, whereas, you know, my family, on the other hand, so we, we, we like to sing in my family. Um, and oh kind gosh. of one of my favorite things that just stresses Grace out, you know, even to just think about this. And so, you know, we, we, you know, me and all of my, and my brothers, you know, we've, we've lived out of state while we've been in college. Um, and so we would come home for a weekend and we would, we would, we would get in town on Friday night or Saturday or something like that. And my mom would say, Oh, by the way, you're singing in church on Sunday. And we'd say, Oh, great. What are we singing? You know, and we'd, we'd have one rehearsal with the pianist and we'd sing on Sunday in church and it was great. And we loved it. We loved, you know, do the flying by the seat of our pants sort of thing, you know, and it's just, it's just, it's just, you know, they're just very different and it's taken, you know, getting used to it, adjusting and, but it's, it's fun. It's fun. And there are there advantages to both and recognizing the different those differences help us come into the other person's family and function well in that cultural environment. Mm-hmm. Um, the second example is that um, Zach's family tend to has more of a group mentality and everyone wants to do what's best for everyone else and the group, which is wonderful. And it's one of the things I really love about their family. Um, and in my family, um, we're all very opinionated. And so it tends to be a little bit more of an individual mentality. And if you don't speak up and tell people what you want and tell them what your needs are, you're not getting them because somebody else is going to have an opinion that's very strong. (laughs) So we have one story that happened, um, maybe three months ago that we just felt like was a classic example of this. So my parents were getting a new couch for the family room. And my mom messaged us all on Facebook, on our Facebook Messenger family chat, and simply said, this is the couch we've picked out. It comes in two colors. (laughs) Which color do you think would look better in the family room? (laughs) And this, this discussion again it was it was gray versus brown that was that was the question that was asked it wasn't anything about the couch or the rooms or the house or anything else like that (laughs) but this discussion evolved into a whole a whole conversation about you know that that that, you know whether it should be those couches or should we get a different couch that that couch you know maybe wasn't very comfortable or maybe we should get rid of the other couches and bring them into the other room and you know maybe we just needed to remodel that entire room and really though you know, yeah, I had one sister that was concerned about the comfort of the couch. Another sister that was co- concerned about the aesthetic and ended up basically being like, I'll just redo the whole house, mom. <laughs> <laughs> it just was all over the it, map. Yeah. Why did you choose to buy your couches from there? Why didn't you choose to buy them from this other place? You know, what about the, the, how wide the seat is versus how plushy the back cushions are? Yeah. And it was, it was just a really kind of like, it, it, it was, it wasn't a bad thing. It was just, you know, it was one of those things, you know, we, we got maybe, you know, 45 minutes into this conversation <laughs> over, over Facebook messenger. And I just sat back and just laughed. I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is, this is your family in a nutshell. It's, it's fantastic. You know, I, I love it. You know, you just kind of learn to, again, you know, you, you see those differences, you recognize them, you name them and, and then you love them. You know, you, 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 you've got to, you know, yeah. And it's, it's different and it takes adjustment, but it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Um, so the next two points are things that I don't feel like we've had to deal with quite as much in our specific circumstances, but in talking with friends, I know can be really important. So the fourth point is to recognize what your love language is and also try and recognize what your in-laws languages is. And I hope you realize that all of these things we're talking about can apply to brother and sister-in-laws just as easily as they can apply, can apply to mother and father-in-laws. But, um, 
you know, you may be looking for validation in your love language, but that's not the way that your father or your mother-in-law, that's not the way that they express love. So you may be missing each other. Um, and if you recognize that your one of your in-laws love languages is different than yours, then you can make an effort to reach out to them in ways that will be really meaningful to them. Right. And to give kind of a, a side note to anyone who may not be, you know, expressly familiar with the concept of the five love languages. Good point. <laughs> so the, the kind of the basic concept of the five love languages is that is that we all express love in different ways. Express and receive. Uh, yeah, right. Express and, and receive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in different ways. And though, and, and I am spacing on the name of the author, Gary something. Gary Chapman, I think. Yes, that sounds right. Uh, Gary Chapman is the author, author of this book. Um, and basically he, he simplifies it into, into five, you know, primary love languages that we, that we, you know, give and receive love in. And those are, uh, I'm, and I'm not going to do them in any particular order, but you know, there, there's physical they're touch. They're not in any particular right, order. There's, there's not. Uh, there's physical touch, quality time, words of affirmation, gifts, and acts of service. And, you know, that those, you know, those usually... Most people kind of tend to have, you know, you, you can, it's not just that you have one of those, you usually have, you know, a primary love language and then, you know, one or two others that are pretty significant for you as well. And then maybe one or two of those that are just really not very significant to you. Uh, and one of the, one of the biggest, you know, tricks in any relationship, whether that's in marriage or in a family or friends or whatever the case may be, uh, it's, it's really important to learn to, to speak each other's love language so that you know you can both recognize when they are showing their love for you and also you know learn how to show them love in a way that they'll understand yeah and i think if you feel like you're struggling to pin down your in-laws love languages talk to your spouse i'm sure that they can help you because they've lived with them for a yeah. whole life and if you haven't read the book i mean i think it should be required reading for pretty much anyone <laughs> to get yeah. through life <laughs> it's a great one there's a lot of like summaries online Absolutely. there's quizzes you can take online um actually if you sign up for his email he gives a lot of great suggestions for each love language in every email um and this fifth one i feel is so 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 important particularly for those of you who may have a little bit of trickier relationships with in-laws is set boundaries. You and your spouse are your own family and that family comes first. And you and your spouse and you and your children, if you have them, need to be the first priority. And so you need to be willing to recognize and set boundaries when necessary because it will help you from being resentful (laughs) in a lot of cases and help you avoid situations that may just invariably end badly. Another, uh, you know, person that has been really important in our lives and in our relationship is, is, is Brene Brown. Um, and so I wanted to, you know, she She's has a, she has a mantra about, about boundaries. Um, and it's choose discomfort over resentment. And so she, you know, whenever she's in a situation where she's, you know, feeling, you know, pressured in one way or another to say yes to something that she doesn't really feel comfortable with or things might lead to an uncomfortable situation in the future. She, you know, says this in her head, you know, she says, you know, choose discomfort over resentment, choose discomfort over resentment. She says that a couple of times. And then, you know, she just makes sure that she's willing to say no to a situation that, you know, if she, that she knows is going to make her uncomfortable rather than saying yes in the moment and then hating it all along the way and being inauthentic or, uh, or, or just resentful along the way. Yeah. Excellent. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, one really important thing with boundaries though is, you have to talk with your spouse ahead of time and be on the same page because if your spouse won't back you up to their family, 
it's just going to cause even bigger problems. <laughs> and I mean, I don't always recommend having your spouse be the messenger. I think, you know, depending on the situation, it probably is best if you and your spouse can talk to whoever you need to set those boundaries with in person um, and together. But yeah, please be on the same page. Yeah. And you know, and this, this is, you know, this is something that we've, well, we've, we've had to, so, so I, I think it is always wise to, you know, before any sort of family vacation to have, you know, at some point in time before just, you know, prior to the, to the vacation, you know, have, you know, again, as Brene Brown calls it, a come to Jesus talk <laughs> right before the, right before the vacation or, or, you know, just to have that talk with your, with your spouse and, and set some expectations and talk about, you know, okay, what are some of these boundaries that we're going to be setting? What are some of the things that we need to be aware of? Uh, with each other, you know, what are some potential pitfalls that we're going to run into and how can we, you know, uh, uh, either, either avoid them completely or work through them together. Um, and, you know, I think that's, you know, that's, that's something that we have, you know, learned to do is, you know, is, is have those conversations and then, you know, maybe have, you know, kind of make plans to have a couple more of those conversations throughout the trip as well so yeah. that you can kind of, you know, revisit like, Hey, how are we doing? Do we need to make any adjustments? You know, where, how are you feeling? How am I feeling? And just, you know, just, just, just make sure you have that open line of communication between you and your spouse. 100%. If you find that you are ending up with a fight <laughs> in a fight with your spouse midweek through most vacations with your family, <laughs> <laughs> You probably need to have one of these come to Jesus talks ahead of time. So <laughs> or, you're not, or multiple. Yeah. So you're not forced <laughs> to have one in the middle of the vacation. Right. Um, but for example, we have friends who feel like for them to have the best experience when they go home to one of their families, they need to not stay in the same house with their family. Um, and that is just what you know, is best for them in their situation. And they have set that boundary. And yeah, I think it's a little bit uncomfortable. I don't think that, you know, the parents involved are, are super thrilled about it. But once again, overall, it makes it easier for that couple to go home and enjoy it instead of feeling resentful. Right. And you know, these boundaries can look so different from couple to couple, from family to family. You know, it, it, there's, there's just so many different ways that this could pop up. Maybe, you know, maybe in some situations it's, it's maintaining that physical space. In some situations it's, it's kind of having a, a conversation about what kind of uh, conversation about your spouse is acceptable in terms of, you know, if, if you're, if you're like, I mean, we just, we just really feel that it's important to not ever talk negatively about your spouse to anyone else. Like if there's ever a problem, you know, there's, it's important to talk about that with your spouse and, you know, yeah. but having, having that boundary set or allow others to speak badly about your spouse. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. or some families, for example, tease pretty harshly, mm -hmm. you know? And, and so if your spouse's family teases pretty harshly and you're really not comfortable with it, then you may need to talk with your spouse and, and your spouse may need to kind of help set some of those boundaries or, or stick up with you when situations like that come along. Yeah, and absolutely. And, you know, just to kind of put extra emphasis on that. I think it's so important to, you know, have, you know, just be aware of each other such that you can stick up for each other because it's really easy to feel abandoned in those types of situations. Um, and just feel like you're, you know, your, your, your spouse is kind of like leaving you out for the dogs or something like that, you know, and, or, and, and, you know, fortunately we haven't, we haven't had to run into that too much. Mm -hmm. Um, no. And that's but, something we've know. talked about is we're really grateful that our families both in general are not big, like yeah. teasers. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so, but, you know, I, I know that there's a lot of families that, that, that do have that a little bit more of that type of a culture. And so I just think it's so important to kind of like, and I mean, you know, there's, there's always the cliche and these sorts of like 
marriage toxic communication is the most important thing but mm-hmm. it, it really is just in just not not just just communication but proactive communication you know thinking about what potential pitfalls you could be running into and and trying to figure out how you could work together to get through them yeah and remembering the end goal and keep in mind in all of this too that um your spouse may feel a little bit protective of their family you know, they love their family. These are the people, these are the people that have made them who they are. And so sometimes these conversations may not happen in one night. You know, you might need to talk with your spouse about something and then let them think about it for a while before they can see your side of things and maybe not feel so defensive. And so much trial and error. So much (laughs) trial and error. (laughs) Yes. You know, definitely. And lastly, focus on what you can change. At the end of the day, even if you have a great relationship with your in-laws, if you have a terrible relationship with your in-laws, focusing on the things that you cannot change isn't going to do anybody any good. So if you try and focus on the things that you can change, set appropriate expectations for yourself, (laughs) you know, about what you want from that in-law relationship, I think it will help you show up in the best way possible for your in-laws and just help you be happier in general. Yeah. And, you know, ultimately, you know, as if when we're honest with ourselves, ultimately, the only thing that we can change about any relationship is ourselves. Right. We we can't we can't control how anybody reacts, not even our spouse. Um, and, and so, you know, we can we can do our best to try and maintain an open atmosphere and culture of of of, of discussion and talking about these sorts of things with your spouse, of course. And, you know, that's that's what we really want to strive for. But, you know, you, you, you can't change your in-laws. You can't control your your you know, whether those are parents-in-law or, or siblings-in-laws, you know, whatever the case may be, you can you can change yourself and to some degree your marriage, but you can't necessarily change other, you can't change other people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And remember the importance of that in-law relationship in the grand scheme of things. As long as you can keep it relatively healthy, that's so meaningful to your spouse. It's so meaningful to your future children. And it can be really, really valuable for you as well. I have learned so much from all of my in-laws, brothers and sister-in-laws included. They're wise. They have incredible life experience. Um, and they have been so generous and patient with me as I'm still learning and growing. And sometimes I don't always like to admit that and admit that, you know, maybe I'm not doing something as well as I could have. Once again, I think that goes back to kind of the insecurity of, I just really want sex and moms to like me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but they're, they're so wise and there's so much wisdom that I think you can learn and gain um, from your in-laws, even if you don't agree with them hundred percent of the time, which I pretty much agree with sex parents hundred percent of the time, but still I can see how in varying families you may not hundred percent agree all the time, but that doesn't mean that there's not really wonderful, valuable things in these people that raised your spouse to be the person you fell in love with. Yeah. And you know, you know, kind of as, you know, one of our, one of our final points, I just wanted to kind of put emphasis on the fact that, you know, even though this is the first podcast that we're recording, it's not because there's, you know, we secretly have issues with our in-laws. We really, really, really do feel like we just absolutely won the in-law lottery. So for mom and dad, listening out there and and Kathy and Scott listening out there too. We love you guys so much and we're so grateful for you. We're really, we're really, you know, glad for the relationship that we do have. And, um, we're grateful for the things that we've learned in the process of, of, you know, marrying each other and marrying into, you know, each other's families. Um, and it's been a really wonderful experience, you know, obviously growing pains along the way, mostly for us, but you know, we're, we're just, we're just really grateful for the people that you guys are as well. 
Yeah. And to everyone else, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Newlywed Show. You know that rhyme we used to jump rope to on the playground? First comes love, then comes marriage, then comes a baby in a baby carriage. Well, maybe you're just hitting the marriage phase, but you probably have friends that are hitting the baby carriage part. And let me tell you the number one thing that I did not register for for my baby shower, but have used the most are bows. So let me tell you about one of my favorite companies, Shop Little Honey. They release a new collection of handmade bows and bow ties every month, and somehow they've nailed the perfect size. So whether the little one you're gifting them to is two months old or two years old, these bows and bow ties will look so adorable on them. So head over to their website, shoplittlehoney.com and use our promo code newlywedshow for 50, that's five zero percent off of your entire order. You can also head over to their Instagram at shoplittlehoney for monthly giveaways.